Hello friends and welcome to episode number 153 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson, way out west in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, uh, how was your week? I know it's only been like four days or whatever, but uh, how you doing? It's been busy. Yeah, obviously I work in sales, so the month ended on a Tuesday, which is always weird. It always feels like the month should end on a Friday because I just mentally and physically drained after a kind of a closing day of selling so yeah but it was yeah, good had a good month really and, you gotta uh, hustle right those last the, the dog days of summer makes it hard yeah man so yeah no just looking forward to a uh, a long weekend and i'm gonna go to the labor day uh classic which is actually on sunday in saskatchewan we play the winnipeg, winnipeg blue bombers so yeah it'll be fun Sunday afternoon? Sunday evening. evening. It'll be at 5 p.m. local time. Well, then, I guess this is our our last episode until I guess we'll do one Monday night. Yeah, as I won't be here on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing a solo episode. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be anywhere near my computer. <laughs> yep. I'll All be right, wearing well, a lot of green. <laughs> folks, you heard it first. While the uh, the riders go get their asses beat by Winnipeg. No, 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 it's not going to happen. We all know it. Riders are off to a great start. I'm satisfied. Um, am I right? You are right. They are three and zero to start the season. CFL standings. Let's let's have a quick look because I kind of forgot to look this up before the. Their only close game was their first game. Right, 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 right. All right. Well, the Bombers are three and one, so they're not they're not slouches. Yep. They haven't lost at home. Nope. They're going to be on the road uh, in Regina though, and the Riders are coming off a of bye week, so they're going to be healthy and rested. That's right. They're also three and zero at home, so clash yeah. of the Titans. That's probably going to be the West final, unless something weird happens. Yeah, I would. I would wager that. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> the Alouettes dead last. Gotta love it. No uh, surprise. Red Blacks not much best. Not much better. So there's really no. There's nothing for me to do except just, I guess, bandwagon on with the the Sasky boys. Well, the East is a dumpster fire and always will be. So. Yeah, it's not like literally. Just a garbage fire. That's all right. <laughs> anyway, baseball. Yeah, baseball's uh, a big thing for us to talk about here on Backflips and Maple Dips. So let's talk about that for the rest <laughs> of the episode. Uh, if you like what we do, you can find us in the funnies on Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. Run Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, I'm sure there's something else. Shout out to all of our fans in the beautiful province of Winnipeg uh, or Manitoba. Womp womp. Oof. That's all right. There yep. no, no, there's no one that lives there that listens to us anyway. Exactly. Yeah, there's like five people probably in all of Canada that listen to us. But whatever. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Justin, put your hands on the wheel and uh, guide us through the, uh, the news because there's yeah. a little bit of it. Let's start off with the big news. Uh, Robert Ray, everyone's favorite tight-pants pitcher. Did you see those shirts that he put out, by the way? I did. I'm very tempted. However, the shipping costs, because it's, it's US for dollars some too. reason, yeah, it's extortionate. Yeah, I had some money in my PayPal account from a past trip to the States that was already in US dollars, so I just like blindly bought one without even caring what the price was, because I was like, it's for a good cause, and I already have this money that I didn't spend, so... Here we go. So I'll see how it looks when it gets here in a few weeks. Yeah, let me know. Uh, yeah. Not that I don't want to support a you know a, a wonderful cause like Jay's care. Jay's care. I just 
yeah the the cost is just yeah it's it was a bit outrageous i was i was uh if, if i would have had to pay for it with money that was in canadian monopoly money i would have had a hard time justifying the purchase yep but hey uh american league pitcher of the month that's not nothing yeah. he's really building a, a quite impressive uh resume uh, <laughs> to contend for the cy young award he, i think he right now the most recent little power ranking thing i saw from mlb was that he was third yeah he should be second because lance lynn's on the il now um some yeah. shoulder issues, I think. Garrett Cole's going to win it. There's no way he shouldn't. He's been... Well, he cheated. He, whatever. Yeah, but most people did. So, um, yeah. Then he's not He's not anymore. <laughs> and he's still... Yep. He struck out seven or 15 people last night, I think it was. So. Yeah, yeah he was terrific. Yeah. He's pretty good. It's just an easy pot shot to take. I mean, I can't not do it. Yeah. Um, embarrassing moment of the episode for me. You posted a screenshot of the tweet with the Sportsnet article. I just spent about ten seconds trying to click on the link. That doesn't. It's, it's, it's a picture. It's a picture, Justin. It's a picture. Yeah. So that's my embarrassing moment of the day. Um, <laughs> in sloppy seconds news, the New York Mets continue to be the Blue Jays' uh, hand-me-down team, and they agreed to a, a waiver deal. They claimed Brad Hand off waivers, so they'll execute something. The Jays will get something minuscule maybe some cash for him or something Who 10 knows? bucks yeah. yeah it'll be like when they traded axford to the brewers for a dollar just so he could retire as a brewer um yeah. anyway shout out to our soda machines for the next two seasons yeah like that. yeah that way david justice doesn't have to pay for sodas in the clubhouse yeah um, exactly money ball reference you, do you uh, think brad <laughs> hand will do will fare any better in the nl I mean, I hope he. I hope he's better than he has been uh he's been a just good yes pitcher no. for his career i think yes um yes i would say yes the al east is not easy when you're a bad pitcher so i think the nl east is a lot of a shittier division so he'll be fine um the mets were yeah. trying to get him last offseason anyway before he signed with washington so they got their guy just took them the roundabout way and we, we won't talk about other mets news because they're a dumpster survivor franchise and their gm's a drunk so uh anyway safe to say though we lost the deal because Riley Adams is out there. He's hitting three nineteen since. Uh, good for dealt. good. I'm I'm really happy for Riley Adams, but he was still the fourth best catching prospect uh, catcher in our organization. So. Yeah, we had no we had no choice. There's really. there, was, there was no other option. Yeah, it's disappointing that he's that we didn't get him for somebody who or didn't trade him for somebody who's actually was useful to us. But I'm happy for Riley Adams. It's I hope he has a long and happy career and and wins an MVP one day. Um. Yeah, the Mets suck. Fuck the Mets. Anyway, Blue Jays update injury updates and roster moves. If you weren't watching yesterday, you probably missed Nate Pearson and Brian Baker, who have been uh, recalled and selected to the MLB roster to be our September roster call-ups. Gone are the days, Patrick Marsh, of 40-man rosters in September. Now it's only 28. It's only an extra two spots, which I actually like because there's not just a bunch of people who get one at bat in a month just sitting on the bench. Um, yeah, and they—I mean—they get to play, get some. The minor league season is still going, so they're yeah. they got they got their own playoff story about. Um, Nate Pearson's back. He didn't pitch yesterday because he had pitched the day prior, and of course the Jays have an off day today. So the earliest we'll see Nate Pearson is tomorrow evening against the Athletics. I actually hope we don't see Nate Pearson pitch at all because I hope all of our starters pitch complete game shutouts this weekend. But um, if we do have to use <laughs> Nate Pearson, I would love to see him in in low leverage, um, at least for the first couple outings. Yeah, I mean, 
obviously it would be great if they all threw Maddoxes, but it's not going to happen. So not with that nice attitude. To, it, it's nice to shore up our bullpen, especially you know in in these coming games against uh, Oakland, which are are absolutely <clears throat> critical to our playoff chances. We cannot afford uh, to lose a single one of those games. It's devastating yeah. mathematically. And we'll talk about that in a little while when we talk about standings and and whatnot. But uh, what else you got? Who I want to talk about back? Brian Baker because this dude was lighting up AAA. Um, a 132 ERA in 34 innings, Patrick Marsh, 40 strikeouts. This kid throws pretty hard. He throws upper ni- like mid to upper 90s. Has He's a spin rate darling, by the way, so the spin rate loves him. Um, he was a player to be named later in the Sung Wan O trade back in 2018 from the Rockies, where oh, we also shit. got Forrest That's Wall and uh, Chad Spanberger, who has since been traded. But that that trade just keeps playing dividends. Um, great trade by the Blue Jays. But Baker's going to come up. He's got a chance to to earn himself a spot in next year's bullpen because now he's on the 40-man rosters, and now he gets to try and fight to keep that spot. I hope he pitches really well. I like this kid. I watched some video the other day, and he looks like he's got all the makings of a late innings reliever. So, I hope that happens. I'm interested to see how the the uh, the spin rate plays into what it, his stuff. I don't yeah. know that he he sees any high leverage situations. So we he would have to earn him. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't see him pitching this weekend unless we're either up or down by more than six runs. Yeah. I see him so, and Nate Pearson kind of in the same light right now. They both got to earn those leverage situations by pitching in a few low low leverage innings because especially we know Nate Pearson's had some command issues. Um, so yeah. he's got to he's got to earn that, and Baker's got to earn the same thing as a as a rookie. Um, in minor league signing news, Gregory Polanco, who many will remember from his days as a major league baseball player, he was one of baseball's top prospects uh, back in the early 2010s. He Holy had strong shit. years in 16 and 18, but he struggled with the Pirates this year, and the Pirates are a bad team. He's 29 years old, Patrick. The Pirates released him on the 18th of August. He passed through waivers unclaimed, which is why the Blue Jays were able to sign him to a minor league deal. He was hitting just 208 with a 637 OPS, so uh, he'll, he'll have to play well at AAA to ever earn a, a spot back in the big leagues, but it's interesting to see that. It's outfield depth. Obviously, they signed Malik Smith. They've got Gerard Dyson on the roster um, because George Springer is probably going to take a lot of DH reps. So uh, yeah, for a wee bit at least. Yeah, depending how how Dyson plays, if he's really bad, we may actually see Polanco get or Dyson get released and Polanco come up at some point. But he'll never play anything really super meaningful. This um, archetype that they're they're going for. I mean, between Malik Smith, Jared Dyson, and fast now Gregory defensive Blanco, outfielders, yeah, fast defensive outfielders who hit who can't hit over two hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's that's and a it's very weird because it's like the anti Springer because Springer is a two forty two fifty power hitting yeah. outfielder who has speed, and it's like you're hoping that one of these three guys gets hot enough so we can get on the base path. We see, we've seen Dyson get on a few times and steal some bases already, and that guy's a vacuum in center field, man. Holy shit. That's what we need, though. That's what yeah. we need. We need that late innings. We need someone to be able to scoop up the balls because Randall Gritchick ain't running for those balls. <laughs> or if he does, he's going to have to make a super diving play to get to it. Yeah, we'll talk about Randall more. Let's let's leave, let's leave the know, Randall slander be, until what? later. I take it back. I take it back. We shouldn't be slagging on Randall Gritchick 
for for his defensive play because I would say he's 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 okay. He's our best defensive outfielder. Uh, yeah, that that's a starter I, right now. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be saying that. So I take I take Tixies backsies for me. <laughs> uh, Randall's actually a good defender, and yep. we'll talk about his bat in a, um, in a bit. We were surprised a few weeks ago when the Jays had released Elvis Luciano from his minor league deal, but the reason <laughs> they did that, Patrick Marsh, was to free up a 40-man roster spot. Um, the Jays did re-sign Elvis on the 31st of August to a minor league deal. Uh, he had pitched in 34 and a third double innings this season with a 341 ERA, most of those as a starting pitcher. He had did battle some injuries at one point. He's 21 years old now. He was a Rule 5 draft pick. Uh, for the Jays and, and managed to hold his own a couple of seasons ago, but uh, we'll see him take that more traditional development path now. It's good to see him back. I guess the intention was always to sign him back. They just couldn't afford him to be on the 40-man roster when he's not going to contribute for another two or three years, most likely. Yeah, getting the, get uh, you know getting him off the 40-man was a challenge all on its own. I'm surprised nobody claimed him. That yeah, was last year wasn't it? Getting no, him they the they just they, they just released him like. 10 days ago on the 23rd they, of august they must have told him like okay we're gonna oh, yeah. sign you back they would have they would have negotiated the they would have told him that yeah because he was like 19 18 or 19 he was when 19 he when he uh made his mlb debut so he, he may have been 18 when they picked him but yeah he was he pitched the most of that season before he was on the il and yeah now he's in double a um danny jansen's back yeah they optioned down Trent Thornton, thank God, and uh, activated Danny Jansen off of the 10-day IL. And he proceeded to smack a dinger in his Yay! first at-bat. You'll love to see it. Uh, everyone knows that every time Danny Jansen hits a home run, I tweet out, if Danny Jansen hits a second home run today, I will buy his jersey. He hasn't done it yet. Um, I'm just waiting for the day because I would like to buy a Danny Jansen jersey. I just want him to make me buy it. Um, so he'll, he's part of now a three-man rotation. Uh, and on the catcher side of things with Reese McGuire and Alejandro Kirk. I think Jansen and, and Kirk are going to end up playing most of the time because Jano hit a home run and Kirk's been raking with the bat. And he threw it, he threw it a base runner on a pickoff to first yes, last night's game, I believe it was. So yeah. he's looked yeah. pretty, good, uh, pretty good defensively. He framed a few pitches. And we had Pat Hoberg umpiring, who is one of the better umpires in baseball. And Kirk stole a few pitches on him. So love, love to see that. But it's good to see Jano back. It is absolutely, I, and what's really awkward about this situation is that three catchers. I mean, it's hard to to figure out exactly what they're going to do because you can't exactly send Reese McGuire down for nothing, uh, oh. and he's hitting three fifty three in his last seven games. Yeah, so. this that's why you have the two extra roster spots with the expanded roster. Now you can have room for a third catcher. But I mean, you, we can't DH any of these guys. No, really. but uh, we can't justify that either. So we're kind of stuck Dan with... and uh, Dan and Tabby. Shout out to the boys. They're in the booth at Rogers Center. Good to see Tabby up in up in Toronto. Um, yes. They were talking about all the interesting scenarios that could come into play. So let's say you start the game with uh, Denny Jansen catching, and then in the eighth or ninth inning, you need to pinch hit him. You can pinch hit Alejandro Kirk for Jansen, who's a better hitter. And then you could always bring in Reese McGuire to play defense after Kirk pinch hits. So say Kirk gets on, you bring in Gerard Dyson to pinch around. There's so many things that having that third catcher opens up in terms of like lineup flexibility late in games because Jansen and and McGuire are the better defensive catchers, and Kirk is clearly the best offensive catcher. Um, so it opens up a lot of pinch hit situations late in games. So I, I like that that aspect of the game that they that they've pointed out there. So. Yeah, that's a good 
Yeah. Um, of course, we know that George Springer is back in the lineup. He yeah, was he, removed as a precaution during Tuesday's loss. He kind of looked a little hobbled at second base. He was kind of pissed that uh, Charlie Montoya took him out, but would rather see George Springer pissed than back on the injured list. And he was back in the lineup on 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 uh, Wednesday night, so no worries there. Um, still no updates on Kevin Biggio or Ross Stripling. Stripling did throw, but that doesn't mean much. He's just throwing on flat ground. Uh, Espinal could maybe come back for the end of the season. He's yeah, They said that his uh, right hip flexor strain is actually closer to a grade two than a grade one, so he is expected to miss more than 10 days. And besides that, uh, we know that Julian Merriweather is throwing in games in Buffalo. He wasn't super effective, pretty wild. Is Merriweather up now? Didn't he get the call? No, he did not. He did not. That's going to happen, though. I don't like know. He's got to pitch well enough to make that, that move. Um, he's going to have to pitch his way back up because he's not going to get up if he's walking guys like he was in AAA. AJ Cole's been rehabbing in AAA as well, too. He threw a scoreless inning on Tuesday night. He is not on a 40-man roster spot, though, so there would be uh, a move that would have to be made there. And that is the update on roster moves and injuries. There's a few of them. Fun times. Um, so there's nothing on Kavan. Kavan's probably done, right? He's probably done for the year, for the year. yeah. He's, he's, he's not going to play again. I would be shocked if he does just because of the fact that that injury is an elbow and he's been banged up, so they, they need to just sit him down. They've got enough people on their roster right now that they don't necessarily need Gavin Biggio back this year. Yeah, it's also with regards to strips. Uh, it sucks to say, but it's already September 2nd, and he's only just tossing. So there hasn't been any buildup or rehab assignment or anything. So I don't know. He might come back for like the last week of his season or something like that. But like obviously uh, he's probably going to pitch out of the pen because I think the rotation is pretty much – set and he won't be able to get back up to speed in time to pitch anything other than pen for the rest of the year mm -hmm. and that's like i don't know at that point it might be i don't want to you know put this out into the world but we might be eliminated by then so it won't really matter that's depressing <laughs> that is depressing patrick Marsh. <laughs> that sucks <laughs> uh but you know shout out strips we, we love you bud yeah, we'll see, you, we'll see you next year at at worst. Standings update time. Bam, 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 bam. Um, the yeah. Jays are not going to win the division, Patrick. That is painfully obvious. They're thirteen and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who refuse yeah. to lose somehow, even though their starting pitching is decimated. They just keep winning. They're nine and one in their last ten games. The rest of the division, however, is fighting for the two wildcard spots. The Yankees and the Red Sox currently hold wildcard one and two, with the Yankees being two games ahead of Boston. Um, and then the Oakland Athletics, Seattle Mariners, and Toronto Blue Jays are still in contention. The Athletics are currently a game and a half back of Boston. Seattle is three and a half back, and the Jays are four and a half back. Some of those teams have played and or are playing today. We're not going to worry about talking about scores during this segment because those those are going to change by the time this episode comes out and we'll just look like dinguses for talking about score. But at worst, the Jays are going to be five games back if the Red Sox do win their game tonight. So we'll, we'll, we will say that much. Um, and we don't play Boston again, which is fun. But as we'll talk about later on this episode, the Jays are going to play the Oakland Athletics for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series this weekend starting tomorrow 
we'll tee up that matchup in a second. But Patrick, uh, the Jays are out of games here. They've got, what is it, 30 games left now? And yep. you did some math before we got on the mic, and I've seen some math on Twitter. They can only lose somewhere around eight or nine more baseball games. Losing eight would give them 92 wins, and losing nine would only give them 91. And it's going to take 91 or 92 to get into a wild card spot. That's minimum. And that's, that's like minimum. Being, yeah. That's being very generous. That's that. assuming that the Yankees don't win more than 14 more games, because that's what they need, they need to get to 91. Of course, the Blue Jays do play the Yankees seven more times, so they will have some say in that. Yep. Um, I was saying before we got on the mic that I think it's more important to keep an eye on what the Yankees are doing because we don't play Boston anymore. The Jays have to win five more times than, than the Red Sox the rest of the season because they don't gain any ground by playing them, so they can't make up more ground. Um, whereas if we play the Yankees seven times and win seven games, you gain seven games right there. That's, it's easy, easy math. Um, so... It makes these series with Oakland this this weekend even more important because obviously the Oakland Athletics are currently three games ahead of the Blue Jays. A series sweep would tie the Jays with the Athletics and hopefully help them leapfrog the Seattle Mariners as well. So there's still two teams to pass before we have to pass one of Boston or New York. So the Jays have to pass a minimum of three teams to get into a playoff spot. And that's going to be tough. When they don't play Seattle again and they don't play Boston, that's two of the three that they're chasing. Yep. Um, out of the remaining 30 games, you got to think. Uh, I mean, it's a tall ass. 22 two. and 8. 22 and 8 is, it's not impossible because they still have a tremendous number of games against, you know, the terrible Twins. Uh, there are still plenty, plenty of games against Baltimore. They start up right after this Oakland series. Yep. Uh, and then there's games against the Yankees next week. There's a four-game set against the Yeah, it, it goes Oakland for three and then New York for four. These seven yeah. games are going to be the games that determine the fate of the Blue Jays this season. Yeah. Anything less than six and one in this string of I of think five and games. two is still doable, but... All, all of the losses will have to come against Oakland. Yeah, that's a very fair point. But 22 and eight, some way, shape, or form... That's what the Jays can control. We were talking before we got on the mic too, and scoreboard watching is great, but when the Blue Jays don't win, it doesn't matter what the other teams do. The Jays need to win at least 22 more games with 30 left to put themselves within any shot of a postseason berth. So that's that's my standings update. <laughs> the other thing to consider too is that there are a lot of games between uh, not so much for Toronto, but there are a lot of games. The Yankees, Tampa, Boston, Tampa, Boston, yeah. Yankees. These teams all play one another, so you know they're they're not they're all not going to win every night. They have to play one another, which means somebody has to lose. So at this point, it's in the best interest of Toronto for Tampa to win every game they have against all their division rivals, except for Toronto. Um. And for Boston to lose every game against all their division rivals. So, yeah, there's a lot of ifs that need to happen here. Yeah, and unfortunately, that doesn't mean the Yankees are going to have to beat Boston in whatever games they have remaining. I haven't looked at the schedule. It's just going to come down to like. Let's get the red string out and start drawing all these uh, connections. Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. The path to the playoffs is there. 
our our wildcard elimination magic number or whatever is 25, which is the exact same as Seattle. Uh, the number will go down if Boston wins tonight. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to, you know, get into whatever the score may be in that game. But um, because we lost so many games to Seattle and because we lost so many games to Boston, because we lost so many games to Tampa, we're in this position. It may be too little too late, but there is a chance there is a path here. It's just going to take, <laughs> it's going to take a tremendous effort from the club. Uh, these next seven games are critical. Yeah, that is an understatement. Um, let's talk about the Oakland series before we talk about Randall Gritchick and Lourdes Curiel, just because that makes the most sense right now. Sure. Um, the probables for this weekend series per our friend, Ben Wagner, shout out to Ben. Good to hear him back on the radio Friday night. Everyone's favorite large adult son, Alec Manoa, will face Sean Manaya, who has been very good for Oakland. He's got an ERA just under four, but um, still having a very good year in terms of strikeouts, and he's always dangerous, a big lefty. Uh, on Saturday, which is an afternoon game at 3.07 Eastern time, Jose Barrios will go against, up against Paul Blackburn, who is hasn't pitched a ton this year yet. Barrios is coming off a big rebound start after making uh, a Pete Walker special tweak to his delivery, which we talked about last episode. And then on Sunday, we're going to have Blue Jay ace currently and American League Pitcher of the Month, Robert Ray, against Cole Irvin, who is 9-12 with an ERA below 4. So Oakland must play a lot of close-case baseball games, Patrick Marsh. Um, you have Hunjin Ryu's stats in the in the sheet here, so that's an oofda on your part for Robbie Ray, but we won't worry about that. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll thought, forgive you. Oh, yeah, I, I, I freaked that one up. <laughs> it's that's all my, right. My bad. I it's okay. You're fine. Um, Ryu is going to start the He'll be on Monday I, against the uh, Yankees. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, my, that's my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's Robbie, fine. We'll yeah, forgive I don't you. think there's much to be said about Robbie Ray. We know he's very anyway. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's our ace. Yeah, he's got over 200 strikeouts already um, and is the first Blue Jay to do that in a long time since, I believe, Brandon Morrow in 2013. So yep. good for him. Shout out to he's Brandon also, Morrow, by the he way. He holds the MLB record Yes, this is a cool for stat. the highest K rate in among history. pitchers who pitched 1,000 innings or more in yeah. MLB history. So 130 years of stats, Robbie Ray has the highest K rate. In baseball uh, history. That's pretty cool. Un- Unbelievable. And yeah. what's crazy is that he is still what, 29. 29? Yeah. So he potentially, he has a decade to, to repeat this whole process. Yeah. He could be an elite strikeout pitcher for a long time, um, which is pretty cool. Still has the stuff. I mean, he, he gives it his all every time he throws the ball. And what's weird is that he gets better as the game progresses. He has kind of that Verlander it's magic the pants. a little bit. I'm telling it's you, tight pants. it's the tight pants. It's the schmedium jersey and the small pants. What can we say about this series specifically? Like, obviously, we have to win it. Yeah. Unequivocally. Um, what is the difference maker? What's the X factor in these games? Is I believe it pitching or is it hitting? I believe it's the. I've, it's got to be pitching. Um, whichever team pitches better is going to win this series. I think these games are all going to be very close. I would be shocked. If the games finish at like, like say seven to three, I think they're all going to be like four to ones or four to twos, something like that. Very low scoring, close ball games, because both yeah. of these teams 
I mean, the Jays are throwing what I consider to be their three best starting pitchers right now. Um, Hunjin Ryu has been having some struggles, at least with one big inning in his recent starts. Um, I think Manoa has been great. Obviously, we know how good he's been. Uh, Barrios, if he can be the Barrios who pitched in his last start every time out or close to that, will be great. We'll be blessed to have him for another year on our team. And Robbie Ray, if he does what he's been doing all season, we know what we're going to get from him. It's going to be seven or eight innings with a lot of strikeouts and not a lot of runs. So I think I think the the pitching, the starting pitching, is going to determine this. I think whoever gets into that bullpen first on Friday night has the advantage in the rest of the two games because if you can make a team use up their their high leverage relievers in that first game, or even their low leverage relievers it makes the bullpen a lot thinner going into the weekend. If we're being honest with ourselves, the runners in scoring position numbers from the last like 25 games. Yeah, that's a problem. They don't inspire a lot of confidence in this team being able to produce runs, especially in the middle innings. Um, I, I just, I, I honestly do think the X factor is risk. Uh, it's going to be which team can can you know capitalize, capitalize on, on opportunities on opportunities. Uh, Toronto has been one of, if not the worst team in baseball in the last 20, 25 games on doing so. So if we're going to win, uh, we have to. We cannot hit solo home runs. We can't solo home run our way out of this. Uh, we're going to need pristine performances from the pitchers, but we're going to need. The bats need to wake up or it's game over. We could be done playoff-wise by the end of this play of this series against the Athletics. We could be done. We could be seven and a half back and we're toast. And that's it. Shut her down. Yep. <laughs> so I'm with you there. They some of these bats got to wake up because it's some of them have been absolutely pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, <laughs> let's talk about Randall Gretschek. <sighs> Love that Man, segue. I feel so bad because, like, it's so easy to, to point out numbers and, and how, yeah. how let's, bad it's been. But we've, let's just do, let's we've rip got, off the Band-Aid. Yeah, we've got, we've got to talk about it. Um, let's, let's start with the positive, Patrick. Randall Grichuk has 21 home runs and has driven in 77 RBIs for the Blue Jays this season, which in most cases you would love to have from a guy who hits what should be 7th or 8th in your batting order. But we need to talk about what's gone on the last 30-plus games. Um, in Ronnie Grichuk's case, he's hit 155 in his last 30 with an OBP of 258. But as you point out here in the sheet, Patrick Marsh, it's been worse than 30 games. In his last 75 games, 254 at-bats, so just over just over half. He's got 451 at-bats on the season. So in more than half of his at-bats, he is hitting 201 with a 245 on base percentage and a 378 slug for a 623 OBP or OPS. Over that time, a quarter of his at-bats have ended in strikeout. His BABIP is 217, which means that he has not been hitting the ball hard enough to get um, anything, any singles or anything in, in, in that area. And he has grabbed into nine double plays and somehow yesterday managed to fly into a double play 
which was one of the oh most bizarre double God. plays of all time, especially since that you said that, oh, there's no way he does it, and he did it. Anyway, yeah. Randall Grichuk, Patrick Marsh, this guy's got... Sacrifice fly, though, winning run. We yeah, got the W that off is of true. it. I mean, Two years and $21 million left on his contract, Patrick Marsh. Uh, well, I mean, on paper, yeah, but... Yeah. We'll... Just for some reference, um, Denny Jansen's career stat line... 203 batting average and a 662 OPS. So Denny Jansen, who is not a good baseball hitter in the big leagues anyway, has better career numbers than Randall Gritchick's last 75 games. So he's been Denny Jansen bad. I mean, both have been bad. Both have been bad. But to be fair, Denny Jansen's last 30 games, including the time pre-injury, he's seen 268 with a 350 on base. Which is terrific. Which is terrific. Yeah. So yeah, good for Denny. Gritchick has had bad luck, though, too. I don't know. He has a Bad of yeah. seventeen, so like his contact has been soft, flaccid, if you will. Yeah, it's um, it's very descriptive. Flaccid. That's probably what's weird. Even still, about all these numbers that we're we're vomiting up, is he still in this seventy-five game period has twelve home runs and thirty-eight RBIs. So on yeah. paper, it's like twenty-one home runs, seventy-seven RBIs. Yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, OBP though 279 is trash. Yes. Uh, especially when you're supposed to be patient, he just strikes out in the worst opportunities. His batting average in the third, fourth, and fifth inning is below the Mendoza line. <laughs> I checked his splits. Yeah. Can we? It's just not good. Let me talk to you a bit about Randall Grichuk's um, Statcast data too, Patrick Marsh. His you know you know his his, his batting average is uh, currently sitting at two thirty nine for the season. His expected yeah. batting average is at two twenty nine. So he's actually overperforming what he should be. How does that make you feel? Oh, that gives me indigestion. <laughs> um, a big part of that is that he has a uh, bottom four percent of the league four point eight percent walk rate. That's bottom four percent in Major League Baseball. Um, he just doesn't get on base enough to uh, <laughs> make up for his shitty average. The good thing about Randall Gritchick is that he hits home runs every once in a while. <laughs> that's, well, he's going to need thing. to hit a, a whole fucking bunch of them yeah, if we're going to make the playoffs. Just, we absolutely need these depth, middle of the lineup guys. Well, he, I think he's batting ninth now. But... He's hitting 172 against breaking pitches. Um <sighs> 272 against fastballs and 288 against off speed. So you know what people are throwing him, Patrick? Breaking pitches. Uh, yep. Break, 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 break. 35% of pitches that he sees are breaking pitches. And he's hitting 172 against them. And you know he's seeing those pitches in two strike counts as well. So I'd rather him take every low and away pitch the rest of the season, even if yeah. it means getting caught looking, yeah. than him pathetically swing at low and aways and just not like he gets he, he gets caught fishing all yeah. the time and it's like you've got to change your approach otherwise you know even if like 10 percent of those uh loan away uh second strikes become walks instead of him swinging at nothing and a strike three that's still it's getting him getting on base which yeah is good because it means he's not an automatic out randall's Biggest problem in terms... You mentioned, like, bad luck, like his batted ball profile. Um, yeah. 
line drive percentage is down from 26 to 19.9, so 6% drop over over last year. That's dramatic. And his fly ball percentage is up 8.5%. So he's, yeah. hitting it in, he's hitting it too high. Um, he's trying to hit home runs. He's... He's just trying to hit it, and he's he's he's, he's not. Um, the launch angle is up to two point six degrees over last year. So yeah, he's getting underneath a lot of things, and he's also topping a lot of things. His under percentage, so when he gets under the ball, is up f- uh, five point one percent over last year, and his top percentage is up three and a half. So his his solid contact and his barrel rate are down so yeah he's, he's making a lot of weak contact he's either hitting it into the ground or hitting it straight up so that's not a recipe for batting average right there i'll tell you that much for free um, <laughs> negative nine run value against sliders i could go into this all day like he's just bad against breaking pitches. it's that lone away lone away it's them. not actually it's not a lone away slider that's really it's the killer because he bats uh in the left-handed box. he's right-handed he is right-handed. oh no yeah, yeah. So, so it's that low and away slider that just kills him. He eats him up every time. He can't lay off of it. Um, but yeah, that's Randall Gritchick. Woof. He's just he's just not an ideal starting outfielder, and which is why we're talking about Lourdes Gurriel today too. God, I love this. I can't fucking wait to talk about Lourdes Gurriel. Patrick, let's talk about Lourdes Gurriel. Yes. <laughs> Finally. Um, so as a comparison, uh, Lourdes Gurriel has 41 less at bats than Randall Gritchick this year. Um, his batting average, however, is 34 points higher. His on-base percentage, Patrick March, is 32 points higher, and his OPS is 34 points higher. So it's almost like Lourdes Gurriel is a better baseball player than Randall Gritchick. Hmm. Uh, he totally is. But you know what? I, I said this I said this in 2018. <laughs> I said this in 2019. I said this in 2020. This guy's floor is he's a 280 hitter, and guess what? His... He had such a miserable April. Oh, man. He was sitting below. He's like 150. Yeah, he was hitting a buck 50. He's managed to pull his average all the way up to 273 yeah. for the season, which is ridiculous considering how much he was struggling. His OBP is in line with uh, his career averages yeah. as far as it being about 40 points higher. So yes. he is starting to get those walks instead of striking out like a fanatic. Yeah, and let's talk about, we use the 75-game sample size for Randall Grichuk, so let's use the same thing for Lourdes Gurriel. Um, in 75 games, Lourdes Gurriel has 252 at-bats, which is two less than Randall Grichuk, so they've played about the same in the last 75. Lourdes Gurriel has 73 hits, which is 22 more than Randall Grichuk. He has scored two more runs at 30 runs. He's hit 11 home runs, which is only one less than Randall Grichuk, even though Randall's hit seven more than Gurriel in the season. All of his damage came early on in the year. Gurriel has 43 RBIs to Grichuk's 38. He has struck out 49 times to Grichuk's 65 times. And here's where the stats get really lopsided. Lourdes Gurriel is hitting 290. Randall was 201. Lourdes Gurriel's on-base percentage, OBP, is 342, which is 97 points higher than Randall Grichuk's 245. 97. The slugging percentage, Patrick Marsh, 484 is 106 points higher wow. than Randall Grichuk. When you add that up, an 826 OPS for Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 203 points higher than Randall Grichuk's 623 over that time. It's a miracle and a wonder that they have similar playing time because one guy has clearly been 203 OPS points better 
And while Lourdes Gurriel Jr. isn't as good of a defender in, in left field where he plays, his bat is a hell of a lot more valuable than his than his negative defense because the Blue Jays can score runs when he's playing and not fly out into sacrifice fly double plays. My God, what a yeah. play that was. But that's that's the that's the kicker, is that is that they have similar playing time. Grichrick's actually out A being him by two. Yet there's a 203-point difference in their OPS. It's absolutely bananas to me. Um, but, I mean, that's what happens when George Springer gets injured. That's I mean, what happens is Randall Grichuk has to play every day. You're, you're 100% right. This is, this, this is what happened. And early in the year, Grichuk was overperforming to the yeah. max yeah. through but, April and May to the point where we were saying yes. he deserves all-star. Work. <laughs> we and were then, saying that. He was. He started the decline in June, and then it was. He fell off a fucking yeah. cliff. Even friend of the show, Chris Henderson, thought this was the real Randall Grichuk back in April and May, and we were all wrong. We were all on the same page, and we were all yep. incorrect. Shout we out to Hendo. All, <laughs> all of us were deceived by the yeah. uh, explosion early in the year. He was connecting. I would. I would bet if we went back and we were able to look at the splits. Mm-hmm. He wasn't topping the ball. He wasn't getting underneath it. He was just making solid physical contact. And yeah. whatever happened, he changed his approach, whatever it is. Um, it's just, it's brutal. It's it's disappointing, too, because he's the kind of player that you want to cheer for. Yeah. But have, hitting 155 in his last 30 games, you can't have him in the lineup when in these games that matter the most right now because he's, He's just a black hole of production, which also sucks to say because, like, I don't know. It's whatever it is, he's got the offseason to figure it out if he remains in Toronto. I, I hope they hold on to Gurriel as long as humanly possible, which would be the duration, minimum duration of his contract. <laughs> yeah. It's such a favorable contract, and oh, yeah. he has demonstrated. I know the the numbers this year, it's, it's, they're a little bit down, but 282 career hitter. Uh, I think he's capable of more, and if he didn't have such a down year this year, it'd yeah. probably be closer to 300. And yeah. he has power. He has the power. He was so he was struggling so much in the month of April and then most of the way through May that he's missing about 10 home runs and about 20 RBIs off of his totals. Sure, yeah. The... It's devastating. Yeah, and, and the similarities between Grichuk and Guriel are there offensively. Like, Guriel's walk rate is not much better. It's at 5.2%, which is yeah, bottom con- 7% in the league. such a better contact hitter. That is very correct. Um, his K rate is 2.6% lower as well at 19 compared to 21.6. One thing that I'd want to point out, though, is according to Baseball Savant, StatCast has Guriel's expected batting average for the year at 249, whereas last year it was 280. So he is still getting some luck. And part of that is because of the fact that his average started so low in the season that his expe- his expected batting average back then was like below 100. So he's, yeah. he's done he's done a lot to pull it up. Uh, of course, taking these 75 games, which is still 15 more games than last year into, into the sample size. Um, they've been completely different players. The biggest differences for these guys come in their in their profiles on 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 pitches i told you how gritrick only hits 172 against breaking balls grail's a 234 hitter he hits 315 against off speed and 282 against fastballs which those those two stats are still a little bit better than gritrick's um there as well 
but he's just a lot more consistent. He doesn't have like that guaranteed out pitch like Grichuk does when you throw him a slider. Um, Gurriel's worst pitch is actually the four seam fastball. Believe it or not, he struggles a little bit against four seamers. Give him a year; he'll figure it out. Yeah, um, but looking dangerous. yeah, looking even at like their batted ball profiles, uh, we talked about how Grichuk is not hitting as many line drives. So last year, Randall Grichuk was at twenty six percent line drive percentage. That's where Guriel is this year. He's at a twenty. Well, he's at twenty three point two. Sorry, his his career average is is twenty six. Um, they're just completely different hitters right now. Like Grichuk's hitting everything in the air or on the ground, whereas Guriel's hitting a lot more hard contact. Um, both of them are pretty even distributions on the field. They both hit the ball at the middle about the same rate, opposite field, etc. The big differences, of course, are in the uh, the fly ball percentage. Like Guriel has a 22.6% under contact rate versus Grichuk's 29. So he hits yeah. a lot less straight fly balls. Um, the solid contact is not as high for Guriel in terms of barrels. Um, but they have a very similar batted ball profile. It's just they've been completely different players in the last 75 games. And we wouldn't be like like you said. It's because George Springer got hurt, right? If if Springer hadn't gotten hurt, the situation would have sorted itself out. Grichuk would be the clear fourth outfielder. Guriel would be playing in left field every day, and we'd have Teoscar Hernandez in right. And the most we would see of Randall Grichuk would be four days off or against lefty pitchers when we try to stack the lineup with right-handers. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how different these two guys have been in terms of their their statistics when they we do they do grade out very similar in terms of their profiles like i do a, i'm doing a side-by-side comparison of their stat cast data and in a lot of cases grichuk actually grades better than guriel overall it's just been a completely different story the last half of the season so yeah that's but this is what matters we're at the matters. point now where we we need we need guriel yep. in the lineup every day as opposed to Grichuk, who's just become an offensive liability. 100%. And with the team struggling so fucking tremendously with runners in scoring position, there's really there's really nothing to be said anymore. We're at the point now where it's time to, to, to buck up and uh, win these baseball games. Yeah. Going into Oakland, I expect to see a lot of Guriel and very little of Grichuk, unless, of course, uh, you know, we see injuries or something like that but right i can see both of these guys being trade bait in the offseason by the way yeah i could see it i definitely do not want us to let go on guriel i think he has something special that we haven't we we saw part of last year but uh i think we're we have yet to see his full potential uh grichik on the other hand it's a good average veteran bat that could go play somewhere else, maybe a fresh start uh, and maybe hit a little bit better than 240. You know, get 30 home runs and 80 RBIs. That's kind of what his bag is. Uh, but like, this has just been a miserable string of games. Uh, but I mean, I bet if we looked at the last 30 games the Jays have played, the record's probably in the shits too. It's probably not that great, but. <laughs> You know, would you consider this? This is just something for us to end uh, end the episode on. Would you consider this season a failure if we win eighty eight games? No. And miss the playoffs? Is, no. is the are we defining our season exclusively by playoffs? 
I don't think I don't think that that, that it should be the case. Uh, playoffs would be a guaranteed success, whether they get into the playoffs and lose the wild card game, uh, would still be a success. But I don't think improvement on the last full season, which was bad in 2019, I don't think that should be overlooked. This is still a young core. For a lot of the season, we there was not a good starting rotation in play. Um, yeah. And we it, should we went we need to we need to give the starting rotation props. Like we've been they've been pretty consistent since that since that early part of May when they're they had used like thirteen pitchers. It's been very battled. consistent. Really the only pitcher who's missed time, uh I guess Matt's missed a little bit with COVID, and then Manoa missed a little bit with bereavement and when he fell down the stairs at Fenway. But besides that, like Ryu had a brief stint on the IL, which is probably more fatigue. Um, Ray's been yeah, consistent, and then of course added Burrios as well. Stripsy, stripsy yeah, blue. but they also had added Burrios right before that too, so it was it was it was a good uh, coincidence, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, one other thing that's worth noting is that we've been five hundred and better every month of the season: April yep. twelve and twelve, May fifteen thirteen, June fourteen twelve, July twelve and eleven, August sixteen and fourteen. So, like, this team has been extremely consistent all year as far as what it's been able to do yeah uh we got super hot at the beginning at the end of july and at the beginning of august and then it just all went to shit august 12th starting against showtime ever since that start (laughs) rios got clobbered uh and then we lost two games against the mariners we lost both games against the nationals in that series that we said should have been easy um the tigers beat us in that series and then we split with the white Sox. so here we are yeah it's uh they've been they've been a fourth place team all season for the most part with those those monthly records that you've mentioned yeah um there hasn't been there hasn't really been a time when the jays have been able to separate themselves and say like hey we are a true contender they've just been in that conversation all year but hey there's 30 games left they're going to be at worst five games behind the wild card spot, um, yeah. going into going into tomorrow's games. So we wanted competitive baseball and meaningful games in September, and that's what we're getting. So I, I think that's why I don't think this season can be can can be considered a failure. I think if they were ten games back right now, then yeah, it'd be a complete failure. But the fact that they could be there right until the last weekend of the season, I expect them to remain close. Um, I think is a really good building block. We've seen Vladdy turn the corner. We've seen Bo be pretty good. We've obviously two of the best free agent signings of, of last winter with Robbie Ray's $8 million deal to be a Cy Young candidate. And then obviously Marcus Samin's been a huge asset in the lineup as well too, playing every day at second base and uh, hitting, tying a career high in home runs last night. So um, you can't you can't knock any of the moves that the team made in the last, last offseason. The only thing you wish they would have done is add more to the bullpen. So... That you know what else we can say to do this this winter at the beginning of the year we talked about how this season would be a success if we were playing meaningful baseball in september well guess what folks here we are here we are we are playing meaningful baseball in september it could be september 9th though when the meaning uh disappears <laughs> but doesn't hey. matter it's still september the yeah. games still have meaning so yeah and you never know we rip uh rip a streak here we win 10 in a row guess what we're in right the wild back card in it. spot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of baseball to be played. There's still basically a fifth of the season left. Um, we are running out of runway. The, but yeah. The games yeah. are still meaningful. The games are still meaningful. 
there's still plenty of games left against the Yankees. So even if the Jays don't win the don't make the playoffs, I hope that they can take a lot of those games against the Yankees because fuck the Yankees. Yeah, um, it's an eight game road trip. Yeah, like we've got tough. the three against the Athletics here and at then home, four in Yankee Stadium, and, and then four, four in, in Yankee Stadium, which is uh, it's, it's a tough, tough environment in September. Tough environment. Our record uh, against the Yankees so far this year is uh, three and four. Or no, sorry. Uh, it's uh, there's a winning record against the my Yankees. Apologies. It's six and six. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know yeah. what's funny is yeah we have a losing record against Boston, but it was only it was nine and ten. Yeah. So far, it's six and six against the Yankees, five and eight against Tampa. We have a chance to finish with more uh, wins than losses against our division opponents this year 27 and 27 is the record right now so yeah still games against baltimore sexy, Tampa, meaningful baseball yep um any but, final uh, thoughts no i i think uh i think we've I said it needs to be said uh play guriel sit grichik as much as possible start gerard dyson over randall grichik right now invest in dyson stonks um <laughs> <laughs> But we'll be back, as you mentioned at the beginning, we'll be back on Monday. We'll do a late little Labor Day evening episode. Uh, so be oh, after, yeah, that's right. It's Labor Day. We'll that'll be, be off after, anyway. uh, after game one of New York because that game is going to be a day game, which is fun because uh, it's Labor Day in the United States as well, too, except without a U. So we get actually more labor in Canada. But what yeah. can you do? That's a bad joke. Um, <laughs> find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Same, same name for the website, BFMDpodcast.com. Episodes are hosted on Anchor. Shout out to them. Great platform. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple, all the main shows, uh, Stitcher, Radio Public, more. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm sure there's not, we're on a ton that we don't even know about. Send in some questions for us. Maybe you've got some time over the long weekend. You want to know why we still believe in this team? Well, the math says that they have a chance. That's why. We're very practical here at BFMD Podcast. Uh, but Patrick, we'll be back Monday, man. It's going to be uh, another quick turnaround. Four days from now, we'll be back with another episode. Patrick's out in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I am Justin here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Enjoy the Labor Day long weekend, everybody. Go Jays. We'll see you Monday.